Yeah, you ready? Yeah. Um, I am. I am on a, a, a theme um, uh, this week. Evidently, who here was here or heard me preach uh, in church this week on Sunday morning? There was a story I told at the at the start of that about alligators. Right? Do y'all remember that? Well, we've got another alligator theme going on for tonight. Before we do, though, turn turn in your Bibles to First Corinthians, chapter one. And Cody's going to be at the bottom of all the message points, I think. And in just verse 1, 1 Corinthians is found in the New Testament. We're going to start a new series in this book tonight. And can I tell you all this? Um, a lot of times, I mean, I want to come up, especially, I mean, we haven't met in the edge in a while. You want to come up and really just, and I just want to knock, knock people's socks off. There's sometimes pressure that you feel when you preach and you're like, man, I just really want, want to really just, just, just grip the students. And this is the truth of where we're at. We're going to talk a lot about the context of first Corinthians. Uh, and because the things we talk about, it is vitally important for you to know as we study the whole rest of this book. If you don't understand the context, you're going to miss much of what we're doing over this next year. Uh, so that's why we're going to take some time. Uh, there's some two really big points, one at the very start, one at the very end. Are you, are you with me? Yes? Okay. First uh, Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to ask you, we, we do this each week. We stand, at least for part of the scripture that we read, uh, in, in honor of God's word to remind us this is the word of God. So if you would join me and stand. Um, and and uh, I'm just going to read verse 1. This is what it says. It says, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes. Wow, that's our text for tonight. Let's pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for the chance to open your word. Lord, even, uh, even a small part of your word is this, is inspired by, by you. Lord, just to sort of grip our hearts tonight to understand your calling within our lives and how you... Pursue us and redeem us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody have a seat. Good job. Y'all really did well to stand for that. And I know it was exhausting. The verses were so long. Um, there's a video uh, that um, you might have seen. You may not. It's a little bit of a graphic vi video. There's not blood or anything like that. But it's a, it, it's, a, it's a kid's birthday party at a place called Scales and Tails. It's an alligator park thing. And it grabs a hold of one of the people that works there, a, tr a, a trainer, and um, she survives, and she's not hurt too bad, okay? So I've, I've got to tell you this so you don't freak out, because it's sort of a freak out type of video. So I, uh, I want you all to watch this video. I've, it's about three and a half minutes long. I've spliced this down to like a minute, 10 seconds, so you're just going to see some of the main parts of the video. Take a look. You don't really need to hear all the sound. That's not what's important. Don't play that real loud. We have folks running in here from outside. The guy in, in yellow doesn't work there. He's a dad of one of the kids for the, the party. 
another dad as he pulls her out. No other employees are there. I'm not quite sure what's going on. I think they're like, I'm staying behind the glass here. So this guy's just some dad. Now, if you don't like blood, don't watch this part. I'm kidding. You're about to freak out. All right. So that's the end of the clip. That guy right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I watched this clip the first time, I was like, this guy's name's Donnie Wiseman, and I want to be his best friend. <laughs> he is what we would call back in the day a stud, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? He, he, he's not trained. He's never jumped on the back of an eight-and-a-half-foot alligator before, and he goes to the girl. He's yelling for help. No one else is coming. So I'm like, what kind of place is this? Sort of sketch. And... um. And so then he, he says to her, and you can't quite hear, he says, what can I do? And she says, jump on its back. And if you notice, he, he, he looks down at her, and then he jumps in and jumps on his back. Not right? Dude, that guy is brave, a stud, and he stays on there until they get her loose. And then he stays all by himself. I'm like, he's my hero. I want to get a tattoo of him somewhere on my body. Now, uh, I... I, I I just thought it was a great clip, uh, and this guy showed so much courage. And I'll tell you, and I've got to sort of bring you along with this. I've been looking at the, our text where we're going to be, uh, and it's in First Corinthians, as we've read. And who who wrote the book First Corinthians? Paul. Where does it say that? The very first thing you see, right? Paul. Right. Right. Paul called by the will of God. So, so Paul, you know, I've been reading a lot about Paul, and we find a lot of the background of the churches where they began in the book of Acts. And so we can look, look back in Acts and see Paul when he went to this place and that place, and he led someone to the Lord and them to the Lord, and he was beaten down and all this stuff. And one thing that was amazing about Paul is Paul would go to a, a city. He would go to the synagogue and go to speak to the Jews. A lot of times he would speak to the Jews there, and they would, uh, they would hear him, and then they would get mad at him. Some would believe, but some would get mad. He was in a town called Ly Lystra, and they got so mad at him that they stoned him and beat him, and they thought he was dead, so they dragged him outside the city and left his, his body. Now, Paul, what does he do? Well, he gets up, brushes himself off, goes back into the town, ends up going to the next town the next day, and does the same thing over and over and over again. And I could not help but see a connection between this one guy who there's a girl that's hurt, she needs help, she needs someone to jump there and save her, and he does without thinking about anything about himself. As I watched the, that video, I thought, dude, that guy's a stud. As I've read in the Word of God over and prep for this, this is what I think. Paul, dude, he was a stud. Wherever Paul went, he was going to go talk to people that were lost, that were hurting more than they ever knew, and he wanted to bring them to Jesus. He wanted to save them, even at risk to himself. Do y'all see the connection there? Yeah? Are you, are you with me? Are you fading out already? Hang with me good. Look, uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Acts chapter 16. Uh, you can follow along. We're not going to really talk about the verses in depth at first. But I want to show you a couple things. Put the first map, Cody, first map on the screen that I have that's got the red circles on it. Okay. So this is, um, if you look at the top right uh, of it, there's a, a city named Phil Phil 
Philippi. Acts chapter 17 or 16, Paul goes to this town, shares Jesus, a woman named Lydia who sells fine clothing. There's a demon-possessed girl that he, he, he beats, the, not beats the demon, but he casts the demon out of her. And there's a jail, 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 jailer that he leads to, to, to the Lord there. They, and, and they become the church at Philippi. And he writes a letter to them. You know what that letter's called? Anybody? Philippians. Philippians. Okay, very good. They're very good. There's a connection here. If you look at Acts and you look, you see, wow, that, that's in my Bible, the book of Philippians. Well, he, he wrote it. You can see where it, the church began in Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 17, he goes into this town called Thessalonica. He goes to the synagogue, begins to preach. Some like what they hear. Some don't like, they, like what they hear. Some Jews and Greeks come to know Christ. Some hate his guts and they go to attack him and kill him. He escapes. Those people that believe but become a church. He wrote two, two letters to them. What were they called? Yeah, first and second Thessalonians. So we see the birth of the church. From there, he flees that town. He goes to a town called Berea. It's the circle there without a town name. I'm sorry, I didn't have time to put in a, a town name there. Uh, it's called Berea. He goes there and it starts off with this. The Jews there were much more noble than the ones in the last town because they didn't want to kill them. So they were nicer. So he goes there, shares Christ. Some believe, some don't. The, the, the Jews from the town above him, that Thessalonica hurt here that he goes there and they get mad and they send their, their own folks there to attack him in another town. He flees and comes to a town called Athens. I don't think you've ever heard of that before, right? He goes to this town and he's going partly there to rest and to breathe because he's exhausted. He walks around the town. We're in Acts, somewhere in Acts 17 at this point, probably verses uh, 6, 16 and up. He, he goes in this town, and as he walks around, he sees all these statues and temp, temples to, to these gods, l lower G gods, not the true god. They're all these false gods. And he walks around, and he's immediately burdened by it. It says that a saying for Athens was that there were more little G gods there than there were people. And I want you to see this part in Acts 17. Uh, verse 22, Paul begins to speak. He's so burdened he goes to speak because Paul cannot help but share God's love and God's truth with them. And he finds a bridge. You know, God tells us when we share our faith, we should try to find a bridge, a way to connect to the people we talk to. This is what Paul does. And he does this, look at this. He goes to the, the place in town where the philosophical hangout and they talk about grandiose ideas and that's the way they would all the wise people would go here and just talk and and he goes there and so he stands in the midst of the Areopagus and said men of Athens I perceive that in every way you are very religious now what I like about this about Paul he finds something nice to say now when we share our faith it's sort of it's it's good to not come in mean mean doesn't really work any of the time you got to come in kind. He finds something nice to say. And this is what he says. He, and it's not a lie. It's, it's true. And it says this. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. So there's a temple there, an 
altar there, and they've just like, man, let's, if we've missed a God, if we've, let's not make him mad, so we'll make a temple in place to the unknown God. And so he, he, he uses this and says this, what therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. So this unknown God that you, you, you don't know, I know him, and I want to tell you about him. It says, um, the, the, verse 24, the God who, who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. So Paul, once again, begins to talk about God, begins to talk about the Lord. Sometimes we don't know, man, I don't even know how to share my faith or where to start. Let's just talk about God and move from there and see where it goes. He talks about God. He, then he goes into the resurrection. He talks about that in verse 32 and 33, I want you to see this part. He, it says this, Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But others said, We will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst. But some men joined him and believed. When we share the gospel, okay, when we talk about God and we get to the point where we share the gospel, there's three ways people will respond. Three ways. One, some will mock you. If you talk about your faith, someone's going to mock you. Oh, you are just weak, weak-minded. You've got to depend on that. They will make fun of you. Some people will. I guarantee it. You're like, but that's scary. I don't want to share my faith then. Then you'll, 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 never, you'll never share your faith. You understand some will mock you. But some, good news is this. It says some of them, but others said we will hear you again about this. Some are going to think about what you have to say. And can I tell you, many will think about what you have to say. They're not going to think about it so much then, but when they go to bed at night, when they're alone at their house, when they're driving in their car, the conversations are going to come to mind. That's a great thing. So even, and see, Paul was great at this. They mocked him. They, they, they thought about it. And then it says, the third one is some believed. And so if, if, that, if that worked for Paul... Man, it can work for you and me. Finally, Acts chapter 18, verse 1. He goes to a town called Corinth. Uh, he left Athens, went to Corinth. There he meets a Jew, a man by name of Aquila and his wife Priscilla. As we're going to find out, these are the beginnings of the church of Corinth. And they make tents. Paul was a tent Tent, tent maker by trade. So he lived with them and worked alongside them. And he goes, once again, he gets there, he goes to the synagogue to preach to the Jews. He, he, he does this. Things don't always turn well for Paul when he does that. We're going to see that in this case. Now, um, there's another map. Do the second map uh, right here. Okay, so right um, to the left of the arrow that points up is where Cor. Cor Corinth was. Now, Corinth is on this thing called an isthmus. Didn't stutter. I didn't know a lisp. That's just what it's called. It's it's a if you you if you look, it's this small piece of land that connects to this big island. There's it's not an island. It's it's part of Greece. So the top is known as main main mainland Greece, and the bottom is called Peloponnese. Or I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it correctly. But if you notice, there's some land there. So ships would come in and do trade all around Greece. The problem was this. For them to go all the way around Greece and trade uh, on the 
the the western edge it would it was 250 miles and the seas were awful uh, on the south tip it was known the, the the saying of the day for those that sailed was if you're going to sail in this part make sure you've got your will written and given to someone that you trust Okay, so it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was scary. Now, the, this isthmus, the small piece of land, if you look, um, that at the smallest point, it's four miles. Four miles across. If the ship could get four miles through that little, little, little fold, then they could trade and they wouldn't risk their, their lives as bad. What they would do is this. They found a way. They, 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 they would take logs and stick them in front of the ship, and they would push the ship and roll it four miles from one sea, the Saronic Gulf, into the Gulf of Corinth for four miles in order to avoid the way the trip, the, the ship traveled. Now listen, this is some background on Corinth. It's important that you know this. Now the city of, uh, of Corinth was just to the south of where this road was, where all the ships were, and it became a major thoroughfare because all the traded goods would go right by them and travelers would stop there. Okay, so Corinth was pretty important. Here's a picture uh, from a plane of, 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 of that same spot right there. So that's, they've actually, in 1893, they built a canal that goes through so ships can actually sail through it now. Um, but Corinth would have been right, right over here, okay? Important for you to know. Now, every Greek, Greek, Greek city they had a god that was like their patron god of the city. Corinth's god was a god, I'm not sure if you've heard before, called Aphrodite. Aphrodite is the goddess of sex and fertility. Henceforth, Corinth was a very type of city, right? It was, it, it was, it was, it was, it was a very sexually promiscuous type of city because the temple, the way you worshiped at the, t the temple, it all rolled that way. Do we understand? If you don't, it's okay. Just talk to your parents about it. Um, now, um, what's interesting, there's a Greek word called Corinthianize. Okay, it's an actual Greek word, which means someone who is, um, uh, who is inclined to sexual perversion. So Corinth even got a, like a Greek word named after it because the people there, they thought they were all, they, all the Greeks were like, oh, those people are sick. Those people are sick. Okay, so th this, this is who the book 1 Corinthians was written to, a city like this, a church that's in a city like this. Now, um, Paul goes, like I said, and, and, and we're going to bust through it, a few things here. There's just one cool thing I don't, don't want you to miss. He goes and he speaks to the Greeks and the Jews. And um, it says that, uh, that they opposed him in the, the temple in verse 6 of chapter 18. They opposed him, reviled him. He shook out his, he shook out his garments, a way of saying, okay, I, I've told you the truth. You're, I'm not responsible for you. That's what it means when he shook out his garments and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So the Jews rejected him. So he said, fine, I'm just going to go to somebody who wants to hear the good news and tell them about Jesus. So he left there and went to the house of a man named uh, uh, Titus 
justice, a worshiper of God. Now, his, his house was, this guy's house was next door to the synagogue. It says this in verse 8, Crispus, the ruler of the, the, the synagogue, the, the Jewish guy in charge, believed in the Lord together with his entire household. We see the beginning of the church of Corinth. The Jews rejected him, but the ruler of the Jews did not. He actually became a believer with his household. And it says, many of the Corinthians hearing Paul believed and were baptized. This is the start of the church. Verse 12, we see that um, the Jews are trying to get rid of Paul. So they bring him before the Roman governor. Rome is in charge of, of Corinth at the time. They they've, they've have ruled over the city for 200 years more or more. And, um, and so they take Paul in front of, of this guy and they say, hey, this guy is, this is this Roman governor. He said, this guy is trying to persuade us away from our Jewish teachings. Stay away from that word. Gosh. And, um, and Paul's about to say, um, to talk to this, to defend himself. And the guy who's in charge, the, the, the Roman guy is going, hey, this isn't a matter I care about. This is between you and your dumb stuff. So y'all get away. And he throws them all out. So Paul doesn't get tried. What's interesting about that? What's interesting is in verse um, 17, it says, and they all seized Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the tribe, the tri, tribunal. But Galileo, the, the Roman guy, paid no attention to it, any of this. So we see this guy named Sosthenes, who we find out is now the ruler of the Jews. Because he brought in this charge that the, the main guy didn't want to hear, we don't know if the Jews beat him, we don't know if the, the Romans beat him, but for some of them beat him. So that makes, so you're like, wow. So that sort of ends a lot of our text in Corinthians. Paul, is at, he's there for a year and a half. God says, stay here for a year and a half. You will not be harmed. You will, you will not be hurt. It's, it's one of the one spots that God says this to him, and he stays there for a year and a half before he leaves. Now, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ and Jesus, and our brother Sosthenes. Huh. A lot of, of scholars talk about this. Most believe that the Sosthenes in chapter 1, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians is the same one in Acts chapter 18, verse 17. And that would mean this is the same guy who was opposed to Paul, who tried to get Paul tried before the, Ro the Romans, who got beat for it, not by Paul, but by his own men, who somehow, and this is roughly five or six years later when this letter was written, somehow this guy, who was a Jew who did not believe Paul, who was, became a brother of Paul. That's fantastic. I love this little, and we don't know anything else about this story. But can I tell you this? If God can redeem Sosthenes, he can redeem you. But, you know, this guy was fighting against God. He was attacking against God. And now, you know, he's, he's 
Some say he's sort of co-writing the letter of 1 Corinthians with Paul. Paul, they believe his eyesight was, was going bad, so he had scribes that wrote for him. Sosthenes was his scribe. He served Paul, and he helped write these letters that we now have as the Word of God. So God used this man who was unimportant, who was against him, who was a, a ruler against him. Now he's used for him. And the people in 1 Corinthians, when they would have read this letter, they would have seen Sosthenes, and they would have known who he was. Whoa, Sosthenes is with them? And he's his, his brother? We're going to read in this book the church of Corinth that we read in 1 Corinthians is a wreck. It's a mess. They're doing some things right. They are doing a ton of things wrong. Man, my hope is this. I think we can, we will read the story and we will see a lot of things that are in their world today that's a lot like our world that we live in. Their, their world was. They're attacked in ways, so are we. But I want you to remember this as you even start this book. It's one verse. It's all we've talked about. One verse. And there's a lot of ways we could have gone and Paul and a, a apostle and how did Paul become that. We could talk about all that stuff. But I don't want you to forget about Sosthenes. Man, we don't, I've never heard anybody even say his name before. I was like, I need to look up how in the world do you even say this name? But he was against God, and God brought him to be a brother of Paul to serve him. Uh, and that's pretty cool. Uh, and if that's what we can become uh, from we, we are, you know, we, we rebel against God. We choose sin in our own life. I mean, if we can choose to be like this guy and go, God, change my heart and just use me. Sosthenes, I don't think, is ever a number one guy, right? He's never like, like, Paul, man, he's number one in a lot of ways, right? He's the important guy in the story. Sosthenes, not so much. He's just beaten in one part, and he's a, a, a brother who, who is, is writing for him in the, in the next. But, man, he's so important. You may think, man, I'll, I'll never be important. You are never going to know the impact for Christ that you can make, uh, that you will make if you if you follow Christ. And that means to follow, to speak about him, to talk to people. You never know who's going to get it, who's not going to get it. Because God wants to use us all in great ways. So this is just an introduction to 1 Corinthians. I know it was sort of like a history lesson slash I don't know what. So uh, that's what we got. We're going to pray and we're going to be dismissed tonight. I will have the DVDs in the, around the Welcome Center desk from camp. I've missed you guys, uh, so I'm glad that y'all came tonight. Dear God, we thank you so much for the chance just to be here uh, to talk about things that are important to you. Lord, this story in 1 Corinthians, um, Lord, we, we first read about, uh, you know, just talk about Paul and how bold he was. And Lord, may we be bold like Paul. And Lord, I just thank, thank you that you pursue us and you redeem us like you did Sosthenes. And Lord, may the, the lesson that we've learned tonight about him, may that be reflected in our life and may we share it with others. Um, thanks for every student uh, and adult that's in this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.